Professor, can you wire my head directly into the battle grid? I can wire anything directly into anything. I'm the Professor. Welcome to the world of tomorrow. This is Back to the Futurama, your podcast voyage through the movie reboots of one of the greatest TV shows Fox ever canceled. I'm Ben. And I'm Mike. And today we're talking about Bender's Big Score, part four. This one's the conclusion one. Uh, Yes, thank you. It's part four of four. I was hoping you were going to point out that Bender's Big Score Part 4 rhymes. Ooh, it does, though. It's poetry. It just rolls off the tongue. I bet the people that wrote Bender's Big Score Part 4 didn't even realize that they were being so poetic. They, How many times are we going to use the poet and didn't even know it joke? (laughs) That's my question. Until it stops being funny, and then even more so. Because I'm pretty sure we're past that point anyway. There is the shark, and then we jumped over the shark, and then we took pictures and put them on a postcard and mailed them back to the shark. Yes. That says, wish you were here. (laughs) And then uh, the picture is itself a picture of us jumping over the shark. Yeah. For good old time's sake. Good old time's sake. Hey, hey, Mr. Shark, do you remember this? This was a good day. Was it a good day for you? I hope it was. If not, I hope you have a better day in the future. Sincerely, Ben and Mike. Mm Mm-hmm. From Back to the Futurama. And then we put our Twitter handle at Back to Futurama just there to just to say, just here's a way you could reach out to us. That right. isn't that doesn't take as long as postcards. Right. I mean, it's a it's a digital age, Ben. <laughs> we we need I, I understand people love writing letters, people love sending postcards, but it is a digital age and sometimes you just gotta get a get hold of a person. Whether that's via phone call, a text message, a, you know, a Twitter tweet. A Facebook message, any other social medias that I cannot remember at this time. Instagram, that's one. Ah, uh-huh, sure is. Let's send a picture. Snapchat, Snapchat. You can snap that chat right, right to that other person you need to. Or shark, as the case. Oh may yeah. Be. Remember, we're talking to sharks here. Sharks are people too. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. They have all the rights that we do in this country. Yes, and and I think this country is pretty good for that reason. It's right there in the uh, Sixth Amendment. Sharks are people, too. Uh huh. I, I. It's. It was so important. We put it in the Bill of Rights. Yep. Number six. Number right six. behind number five, which says, um, "If you say this, no one can follow up with any additional questions." Which is why people take the fifth all the time. It's true. And you know what? I'm not asking a question because I, I can't do that because you, you... I haven't taken the fifth yet. Oh, I, I misunderstood. Mm-hmm. That being said, I will fight for your right to take the Fifth Amendment. Excellent. But that one in the sixth only, I think. Maybe the first. There's a lot of amendments that I don't know. Oh, and the the, also the seventh, which is your right to party. You have to oh, fight true. for that one. Then too. there was an amendment that they said, booze is bad. And then they said, wait, we were wrong. Uh, the 21st Amendment is the one that says we were wrong you know how you remember because it's the 21st which allows you to drink just like when you turn 21 and now you'll never forget that the 21st amendment of the united states constitution 
repealed prohibition. I won't. I am just interested on in how many of our listeners don't give a crap about what we've just talked about for 10 minutes. Do you think that means that actually the 21st Amendment is the one that gives you the right to party? I think I think they just said it multiple times, just to make, make it clear. Like, 7th was like, you can party. And whatever the uh, uh, the taking party away was, let's maybe not party. 18th. 18th, let's not party. I don't really, for my anecdote, it doesn't matter which number it actually is. The 18th said, no more partying. Let's not party right now. And then the 21st is like, you know what? We were wrong. Let's go party. It's the party constitution. And I think we need to recognize that. I think we need to ratify that. I already have. I've, I've sent in my vote. To the, the party <laughs> constitutional congress. That's why they call them parties. Democratic party, Republican party. See, now we're we're going down a, 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 a rabbit hole together here on this one because we're right. This is accurate. This is all 100% accurate to the United States system of government. I'm a little curious what was your opening bit originally going to be before I made it about shark jumping and party amendments. I had nothing. <laughs> That's why I let off with such a banger of a Bender's Big Score Part 4. It It's the last one, and also you pointed out it rhymed, and then I was just going to go with you on that one. Okay, perfect. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad shark jumping and party amendments could be the theme for this bit. In fact, I'm going to march on Washington, and I'm going to say, we, meet, we need more party amendments. Not I'm- take it away, add more party rights. I just kind of want a shirt that says shark jumping and party amendments (laughs) because it makes literally no sense. It It, doesn't make sense now. And we're the ones who originated it. It somehow does not make sense in context or out of context. So it's a perfect shirt. Bender's Big Score Part 4. It rhymes. Look at that. Let's do this. I think we've talked about party amendments enough. No, I'm honestly am going to go to D.C. area. So I'm going to march on the Capitol Hill and be like, we need more party amendments. Please take a picture of it. Tweet at Back to Futurama. Me? Yeah, you. Okay. And then I'll retweet it. <laughs> so the, ep- the episode, mm-hmm. it starts with a uh, previously on, which is handled by Al Gore's head. It, it's true. That is, a, that is a true fact. As the episode starts in earnest, um, we, we start watching Everybody Loves Hypnotoad. Uh, it is playing on a TV at a pawn shop as everyone watches outside. Not just any pawn shop. Rook takes pawn shop, which uh, is yes. one I know that I've mentioned before, but I just really love the pun. It's a good pun. It's a chess pun. That, yes. Thank you. It cuts away from the program already in progress to give a, an, an important announcement from Earth President Richard Nixon. He announces a deal to buy the planet back from the scammers. It turns out that the entire cornerstone of this plan is that he just got an email about how he won the quadrillion dollar sweepstakes. Actually, I think the Earth one is how he worked. Like, we as a collective right. have won. And so he definitely signs up for that. Mm-hmm. And he, he doesn't really recognize that he is being scammed because he is being scammed. Uh, but everybody watching is like, no, please don't. Aww. I mean, everybody's been down that road before. Apparently not Earth President Nixon. Apparently not. Anyway, uh, Nixon is handed a telegram, which is, first off, a telegram in the year 3012. No, have you ever worked for the government, Mike? Because let me tell you, I did. Did you get telegrams? 
No. Okay. But all right. The the amount that they hold on to old technology, like the number of things I had to fax in the year 2014. Okay. Was a lot. Email is a thing that existed in 2014. That is true. I was using it at my private sector jobs. And we had to fax things. Now I do want to. I do want to point out, like, have a not a really counterpoint, but just you, the government as you know it, had progressed past telegrams when you were in it, right? You you said I don't know that for a fact. I can neither confirm nor deny that statement. From your experience, you never saw or sent a telegram. I take the fifth. See, now I can't (laughs) have any questions. This is why we need more party amendments. Um, but no, like literally, and this isn't even a joke. This is honest to God, true fact. When I started working there, we had, uh, and I, I mean, I was just, I was a low level tech support for uh, the USDA. It was okay. fine. I, I, I want to clarify, I'm not giving away any sort of secrets here or anything, but we were literally on Windows XP. Up up until three days before the official end of life, the extended Windows XP end of life, because of the amount of systems we had that have just not been upgraded to Windows 7. Okay. So when you say President Richard Nixon of Earth in the year 3007 is handed a telegram. Yes. I 100% believe this. I just find it interesting that you may, it, it, when you were working there, we had made it past telegrams. I to can neither computers. confirm nor deny that statement. I, fine. <laughs> I just, I have, a, I have a hypothesis. We, at when you were working there, government had mostly, if not fully, gotten out of telegrams. Now I'm sure somebody is going to at me, uh, at at Back to Futurama for this. It just seems interesting that there is a backslide somewhere in the, the thousand years to telegrams when you when other th- events happen they're probably still using windows xp mike see yeah that's a good point also most of this has been redacted so no one listened to it anyway it's true you said it you, is... were, you said you weren't going to give away any secrets but then they came are you familiar with blanking out a number of minutes of audio tape no i'm not i because nixon is so well, I don't know how you did it, but you brought it back around. Oh, Lord. Okay, we are 12 minutes into this podcast. <laughs> we have made it. Uh, a scene? A scene, maybe. No, we've not We've not gotten past the pawn shop yet. That's true. Uh, so Nixon is handed a telegram by uh, the headless body of Agnew, and uh, basically the scammers have won, and it tells everybody to evacuate Earth. Uh, actually, New Scamadonia. Yes. So yeah, the scammers are just like everybody get the f off of our planet and dancing and singing and stuff like na 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 na, hey hey hey, goodbye. Except they replace goodbye with uh, oh, we stole your stuff. We stole your stuff. Yeah. yeah. And so all of these different ships are going to all sorts of different places all over the galaxy, and the Planet Express ship gets a whole bunch of people and takes them all to Neptune. It's packed to the gills. It's got Tinny Tim, Mayor Poopemeyer, and the head of Matt Groening himself. Oh, I missed Matt Groening's head in there. I definitely paused and like, well, who, who do I recognize? Mayor Poopemeyer? Yep. I did see Leonard Nimoy on the ship. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, 
but I did miss a lot of people. Mm-hmm. There was a lot. There's a lot of people in this shot. Um, so yeah, they're, they're, they make shelter on Neptune, but everybody's freezing and a couple of people mention Yetis and then they just burst into the shelter and start attacking everybody. Uh, Leela has a spear with an arrowhead on it and, uh, it just goes to attack the, uh, the Yetis. She's mad because of Lars. I mean, that's, I think that's pretty legit. It's true. Because we, li- we did literally just at the end of the previous episode, end with Lars calling off the wedding without any further explanation. It's true. That may or may not come back in this episode. We'll find out. It's Well, you know, it is part four of four, but you never know. They might add more stuff at the end here. They land on Neptune and everybody literally just like explodes out of the ship. Oh, that's true. Yes. My next note is it's super cold. Even though they're in a shelter. That's some good editorializing there, Ben. Good notes. But yeah, Bender does point out that it's so cold that his processor is running at peak efficiency. It's true. It's it's uh it's a very good joke. Which I, is I mean it's funny because he's sitting there like shivering and complaining about it and Leela even calls him out on it, but you know, really you'd imagine you'd want your processor to run at peak efficiency. I mean, I would have to agree. I mean, big uh, server farms, you know, have to pay for all that cooling. It's true. Now you're getting the cooling for free. Now here's an idea. Mm-hmm. Then we put a server farm on on Neptune. Okay. And then we get the results back on Earth. And that, here's the key. Somehow. <laughs> and everything's perfect. You don't you don't have to pay for AC in the server farm. You know, uh, you know your your Facebooks, your Googles that mm-hmm. are building all these giant server buildings. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have them here. We put them on Neptune. You don't even have to pay for for uh, cooling. It's it's more economical, really, when you think about it. When when you really sit down and do the math, yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I am a little bit worried that it's going to take, you know, hours for my data to come back from Neptune. Well, you cash it, it'll be fine. Now, Mark Zuckerberg needs to come and at us at Back to Futurama. We're idea men here on Back to the Futurama. He he needs these ideas right now in this moment. We're the inventors of the shark jumping postcard. Exactly. This is... We're... We're the idea men that are going that's going to drive the world into the next century. Leela chases off the Yetis. She sure does. Really well, too. Like she just like they're terrified of her. Yeah. I mean, hell hath no fury. It's true. So, uh then it cuts back to the year 2012 where Fry has just captured Lilu the narwhal uh-huh and lilu is looking really upset and he fry is doing his best to cheer her up mm-hmm. but he just can't seem to do it yeah uh lilu kind of gestures at an orange narwhal jumping out in the the sea um and fry decides that the orange narwhal is just annoying her and tells the captain to go full fast ahead that's yeah i was i was going to try to come up with a joke there and i had nothing for full fast ahead uh-huh it's it's a it's a tough joke to navigate. Um, okay, that was my <laughs> setup, but all right, that's fine. <laughs> I mean, you used the word navigate. What more did you want? <laughs> 
I mean, I gotta laugh. I'm fine. <laughs> Although now, see, now I'm curious because a setup can't be. I mean, the joke itself can't be as good as a setup. See, that's see, that's most of my problem most of the time. I think of these absurd things like putting a, uh, a server farm on Neptune, and then I, you know, I need somebody as another idea man to give me the grounding that that requires. Like literally on that one, the grounding because I have to get it back to the Earth's ground. Um, with navigation, I was probably going to do some kind of iceberg thing, and it didn't make sense. Okay. See, I I come up with the high quality, uh, the high quality original concept, but I'm looking for somebody that has the high quality ending details. You have problems finishing, is what I'm hearing. Oh, I see what you've said. Oh, I don't like it. After that brief <laughs> interlude, <laughs> we go. Which one, ours? <laughs> both. We go back to the future. Aha! We go back to the year 3007, and uh, Robot Santa shows up, and he's actually really sad. He's sad enough that he actually takes some of Amy's antidepressants, uh, which I had never caught before. It's just a quick little, like, he grabs some of the antidepressants and just downs them. I did not see that on my watch. Um, uh, he's too depressed for murder and mayhem because he's also been scammed for his naughty list. It happens to the best of us. Including the robot de- Santa. Too depressed for murder and mayhem. It's true. They decide that they are going to take Earth back. Santa tells Leela not to resort to violence, and she slaps him. Yep. It's very it's it's a good uh reversal of of opinion. Except when she's slapping him, the sound that it makes, I'm just like, ow, Leela's poor hand. Hey, Leela has some strong hands. Yeah, but it just sounds painful, is That's all. True. Can you imagine slapping that much metal repeatedly with both the front and back of your hand? I mean, yes, but I, yeah, I can imagine that that hurts. So, yeah, Leela comes up. Well, I mean, I think it's sort of implied Leela comes up with the plan. Yeah, they definitely, somebody she, writes it down on a napkin. She presents it as our proposal, but she's kind of in control this whole time. Like, yeah. she's literally slapping robot santa around bossing him around sure she's coming up with plans she's just taking control she is the leader of this situation and this situation needed a leader uh she presents their proposal on a napkin which i like that she calls it their proposal napkin yeah like it's pretty good it's very very terrific like it instead of like a proposal memo or something like that it's like well it's a napkin that's all we had proposal telegram proposal telegram Nixon's used to getting those. That's true. See, Nixon is a little taken aback. He relays that the scammers built a fleet of remote-controlled solid gold Death Stars. That just seems excessive. It does, doesn't it? I mean, I get that's sort of their whole jam, but... Uh-huh. That is true. It is their jam. It's just... It's very excessive. I I wouldn't... I mean, what what is that even going to do for you? I mean, you don't have to get in them. They are remote-controlled. No, I'm not. The, the oh. remote control part is not part of my my concern. Okay. I've watched Star Wars. I know what can happen to Death Stars. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be on one of those things. Yeah, I don't want to be on a fully operational battle station. I mean, you know, you've got this cool battle station. Mm-hmm. Some Jedi and his his weird teenage friend to show up and sure. they just blow up the battle station uh-huh. along with, you know smuggler and his wookie and then sorry that i yes go on and then 
you know, it's all blown up and you don't want to be on that. No, it absolutely will, it not. It will 100% get blown up. Mm-hmm. 100% it, of Death Stars have been blown up. It's true. It's precedent. It's the gold part that is excessive. Oh, uh, yes. It is It is uh, flashy, I think. And it's uh, ostentatious. The uh, I do like how Nixon gives the line, the force is with us, but that's about it. <laughs> it's true. Uh, this kind of leads... I, I think there, there's a scene change and it leads into Santa singing a song with Kwanzaabot and that Hanukkah zombie. Right. Because Leela points out that while they don't really have much else, I think it's Leela. Maybe Santa points it out. Somebody points out that they have access to an entire workshop with basically free labor. It's true. I mean, we've we've been there before and they even did it that, back then. So they go into the factory where all the little Neptunians, who yep. I'm pretty sure have like a name, but I don't remember. Tweet at Back to Futurama. I mean, I think maybe they're just referred to as elves. I think get don't referred know. to as elves in a little bit. So maybe that was what I was thinking of. Maybe. But they all start working on a whole bunch of weapons. Uh, but basically, all they're doing is making toys. And then there's this whole song with Robot Santa and Hanukkah Zombie, who has been mentioned before, but this is the first time we see uh-huh. him. He's very he's very good, I think. He has an a TIE fighter with a menorah on top and the Star of David on the sides. Um it's a little weird. Yeah, it's weird. But I, I mean, mean I'm kind of into it. I mean he's next to Robot Santa and Kwanzabot. Mm-hmm. Kwanzaabot, of course, uh, voiced by Coolio, which I think is the a great get, most amazing thing. It's so good, um, especially as he disses Kwanzaa. It's so good. It's like I don't know what it is, but if you diss it, I'll come for you. It's like fair enough. All right. I mean, I'm I'm not gonna. I I ain't gonna get on the uh, the wrong side of Kwanzaabot. No, sir. So they the elves are basically making toys, which are actually the little dolls from uh, matt groening's cartoon life in hell yeah and the various holiday mascots Uh uh-huh they are basically filling these toys with like explosives and that kind of stuff um i don't know what do you think about this song i uh wrote i wrote down in my notes it's not a bad song i i mean it's i don't think it's super catchy no i think it's better than the one we got a couple of episodes ago. Yes. Um, that is a guarantee. I mean, if nothing else, you got Coolio rapping about making toy weapons on Neptune. Uh, toys that are weapons, uh-huh. not toy weapons on and not, Neptune. And not weapon toys. So that's pretty cool. It is. Honestly, both Robot Santa and uh, Hanukkah Zombie have sort of low gravelly sort of voices. Sure. It's kind of hard to even follow what they're singing about. Sure. Um, I'm kind of bad at, at picking up lyrics to songs anyways. So right. having that makes it a little bit harder to follow. Um, I, I did enjoy the Neptunians like melody that they kept singing. Yeah, that was pretty good. I liked that. Yeah, that's good stuff. Um, and Neptunian Millhouse is definitely in there. I noticed him. He gets he gets blown up a bit. Oh, I um, think they most of them do. Uh-huh. Uh, there is also a part where one of them is putting torgo's executive powder in the engine to uh one of their vehicles yeah and uh you know it keeps coming back i i love that torgo's executive it, powder it sure joke. does 
Like, I I honestly don't know who in the writer's room was just like, you know what? Let's have this cure-all magic powder made out of ground-up executives and just keep it coming back. Because it's it's maybe... Uh, I feel like a lot of jokes could get stale. Yeah. I love Torgo's top to bottom. Mm-hmm. Every time it comes in, I'm still a fan of it. It's true. You 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 sure do love it. And But even though we're sponsored by Flanagan's executive replacement it's true i mean you know what yeah flanagan's might be mad at me but you know you if you pay for the best you get the best Uh oh they make all the the stuff i literally have a note that says there was a lot that happened in that song it was kind of hard to follow everything going on yeah i think we did a pretty decent job of all the things that they created to try to blow up so we cut to all these ships that are lined up with all these uh, uh, people who had come mm. to Neptune. And Leela says, you are now equipped with the finest weapons magical elves can build. Which I've played D&D. That's some pretty good weapons. Those are pretty good weapons. Absolutely. But as she's about to present the battle plan, Nixon announces that Zap is the captain for this mission. Leela gets understandably upset. Yeah, absolutely. Especially as Zap forms a children's brigade, planning on using them as cannon fodder. Yep, that's Zap Brannigan for you. Sending wave after uh, after wave of his own men. Or in this case, children. Wave after wave of his own children. He does literally, like a scene later, point out that part of his battle strategy is to use a pile of children uh, as a distraction or cover or something. I wasn't really paying attention because zap come on like (laughs) I mean it's a bit I I mean I I also think this is maybe a bit where I start being like okay like not that I'm not that I'm into any sort of battle strategy that's just like yeah throw soldiers at something until it hits a preset kill limit Mm -hmm. but like all right now we're literally like joking about throwing children into essentially the same situation i'm like all right sure i i i see that it that is it is trying to i think it is i mean it's kind of doing that same like okay cool we're not on tv let's do that same sort of one-upmanship uh sure that we you know just one up ourselves where there's more nudity we say the word penis now like you know whatever other random stuff that has happened sure uh, since it's it's been the movie, but eh, you know it's it's just I That's fair. I never really had a huge problem with Zap until after the original run, and it's it's interesting that it's the little stuff like that where I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, they're really starting to to take Zap some places that I'm less comfortable with. Right. I mean, not that again. I was I was never like comfortable <laughs> with Zap. Ben, but comfortable with zap <sighs> okay well <laughs> but no you know you know what i mean yeah that's true i i can see kind of what they were trying to do to make zap a little less um uh agreeable like you know like it's he has the one battle plan he always goes to and this time he thinks he's probably thought of a twist to it but it's just horrific yeah i i kind of agree it's m night Shyamalan plot twist the dead people were children 
What? Never saw that twist coming. I don't. I would like to unsubscribe from that movie. M. Night Shyamalan does it again. He sure does. M. Night Shyamalan, please tweet at Back to Futurama. Okay. For no real reason. I just I think mean. it'd be fun. Um, <laughs> let's collabo. Yeah, let's let's do a collaboration. Um, see, that's we'll, we'll license you Neptunian Millhouse, <laughs> and you can turn a movie that has a twist in it about it. Maybe maybe Neptunian Millhouse is the bad guy all along. Maybe Neptunian Millhouse was inside of us all along. Ooh, the, we were Neptunian Millhouse. That's the wholesome twist. Mm-hmm. I like it. It's new territory for M Night Shyamalan. No, not really, because he did. She's all that. The mo- the 1990s Are you- teen comedy where she takes off her glasses and is suddenly it- sexy, that was his first M. Night Shyamalan plot twist. I'm not even kidding. He, I, I don't... He did that movie. Are you... 100% serious. Look uh, that up. I am, I'm doing it. I, 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 can't, I can't go on in the, until I look this up. That was his first plot twist, is that you take off your glasses and you are sexy. I'm looking it up on my phone. Oh my! <laughs> what? How? 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 What? Yep. How? Huh? huh. I don't know what to think anymore. My whole worldview has been twisted upside down. Uh huh. She's all that. Really? Uh huh. Uh, uh, Stuart Little? Really? Was... My goodness. I just blew Mike's mind. Anyways, this children's brigade joke is leveraged into the fact that he calls Dwight by his name uh, to enlist him, and it is now Dwight Slim because La Barbara has taken Barbados Slim's last name now. Yep. Like I, I feel like I feel like seventy percent of the joke was like to get to that mm-hmm. like we need a reason to say Dwight's last name, and then also just like thirty percent. Eh, let's make Zap a little bit more awful. A little all bit, in, mo- all in one go. A little bit more of a war criminal. Excellent, we did it. Nailed it. She's all that. It's nice when you can kill two birds with one stone. Yep, two bir- two birds is. She's all that. I can't. I can't. I. She's all that. And Stuart Little. I. Who. What. Okay. All right. I just. You know what? I'm going to have to do some. Some outside of extra podcast uh, research after this. Because it changes my worldview. It does. They start attacking all the gold death stars. And. Lars is there. Um, He's. There's a whole screen full of some of the pilots. Yeah. And. Leela is basically like, yeah, whatever. I don't care if Lars gets killed. Mm-hmm. Because uh, Lars kind of like lips off to Zap and Zap says, maybe a suicide mission is good for you. And Leela's like, yes, 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 yes. Except he's breaking his own canon because every mission is a suicide mission for Zap. That's fair. Well, he's too busy trying to kill children, I think. Apparently so. Um, so they start this attack and it is... But well, Zap is trying to count down from ten to zero to start oh, yes, give yes, the yes. the order to attack, 
And uh, the solid gold Death Stars just kind of uncloak in front of them and fire directly through the Nimbus, and then it crashes. And uh, Leela takes command, which everybody's okay with, mm-hmm. and she starts the attack. And it is a pretty disastrous assault. Um, everybody is kind of flying around doing whatever. Um, I do really enjoy the fact that Al Gore is there. Uh-huh. He's just floating around in space with lasers. And he's like, finally, I get to save the Earth with deadly lasers instead of deadly slideshows. I don't know if I want to be as in the audience for one of those deadly slideshows. PowerPoint is serious business, man. It is. Absolutely. Um, I really liked how the 3D graphics on the... Um, on the fight are very good and then you you kind of cut to the scammers who are playing a 2d video game basically mm-hmm. with the uh the solid gold death stars as their remote control which i thought was really neat leela says that she just can't coordinate that many ships and hermes throws his hat into the ring he throws his head into the ring even oh see yeah i didn't do the joke that i should have done and then he asks the professor if he can be wired directly into the ship he, the professor can wire anything into anything. He's the professor. And so Hermes gets wired in. And then I don't I don't know exactly why they decided to do this, but the Futurama theme starts yeah. up and Hermes is sort of grooving along with it, like in character where he's just like, mm, 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 like, yeah. And I don't know why that makes me laugh as much as it does. It's it's, but a it's silly, very good. It's, it's very silly. It's and it's also like. Man, I we we just we want to be a little self-indulgent right now. And they're just like, yeah, we're going to do it. So Hermes is able to use his bureaucratic brain to basically, since he's hardwired in, he's coordinating all of these ships into these massive attack waves that just take down Death Star after Death Star. Because like I told you, 100% of Death Stars will explode. It's, it, see, you know, you, you when you when you start up Chekhov's Death Star, you have to pay it off in <laughs> Act 3. Exactly. So a bunch of different characters get their own sort of way that they are fighting in this, which I don't know if there are any specific ones you want to name. Uh, um, I, I did enjoy uh, Al Gore using an Achilles vent mm-hmm. um, and the Harlem Globetrotters all th- uh, scoring baskets. And then uh, their firing mechanism is just firing those basketballs. Mm-hmm. It, those are very good to me. Yeah, those are the same ones I had written down. I oh. mean, like, Clamps is there, and he does some... He, says he just yells about, about Clamps. Uh-huh. He doesn't do anything. He's just yelling about Clamps while Joey I mean, Mathbed's actually firing. That's his entire MO, though. So he's he's on brand. But he could have re- reached out and used the Clamps. Reach out and Clamp someone. <laughs> okay. Sorry. So. That, one, that one was a... Uh, it had to nest in my brain for half a second. I mean, your brain's still recovering from she's yeah. all that, so... That's that's the twist I never saw coming. <laughs> At the end, they've taken down all of these Death Stars. Uh-huh. The, uh, they're, they're totally convinced that they've won. But then the scammers are like, nope, we've still got one thing left up our sleeves, the Doomsday device. It's true. Um, Bender ends up coming clean about sawing off the professor's hand. And uh, he starts to apologize as the the two ships are kind of facing off. But he is his back is to the video uh, showing to the scammers. So he opens the compartment and shows that he is actually the one with the sparrow boom. Um, he then winks and drops it into a torpedo slot and fired it at the scammers. And yeah, it just goes straight into the scammer ship. 
and um, they they open their bag to see that they have the rose that says you've been scammed sweetheart as a nice little amuse bouche to and this situation they explode and then bender basically reveals his entire con mm-hmm. where he's like uh, i do like his line he's like who could use a doomsday device more the scammers or me and he, of course, decides he could use it more. Mm-hmm. He he mentions that it takes multiple minutes to soft the professor's <laughs> hand, which is very terrifying. Uh-huh. Um, also, the the thing that I caught, I believe, in last episode or the second episode, I don't remember which one, um, where he catches the satchel, mm-hmm. it did come back. Yeah, you I were right. right about that. Woo, that's a one point on the board for Mike. You remembered a thing you've seen before. It It often does not happen. <laughs> I tell the same stories to my wife about five times in a row. It's great. How does that work for you? I don't remember it, but my wife is mad at me. I mean, I was hoping that we would get the result, which is she just claps and goes, tell it again. Oh, she does. Tell it again. That's less. That is less of when I tell a story multiple times. That's when I do a bad job at telling a story. Oh, okay. So it's like a really like, I did not enjoy that, but I'm going to be just kind of dig the the sword mm-hmm. in your back mm-hmm. yeah it's very good though it's when you're not when you're not the person <laughs> uh getting that yes it's very good bender's story transitions into a whole uh uh but basically he's been telling it to everybody at this new year's eve celebration and um he he's on tv and everything and he's like and that's how I saved Earth and am the greatest. I mean, it's a good end of a story. Oftentimes I want to try to use that, and then off, oftentimes I am incorrect. Lars finally puts Hermes' head back on the right way. In the fact, right way. Uh, noting um, that now he has to use an executive suppository since, you know. He doesn't, he's not allowed to finish it, though. So who knows how often that suppository has to go in? Don't really want to know. I mean, it's important for Hermes to know. Certainly, maybe it's on. Maybe it's on the pill capsule. I mean, yeah, you read the directions. You don't just you. You just don't use suppositories till you feel like it's enough. Because oh, I guess I am doing it wrong. Because I got to tell you, if a oh. if I get a bottle of medicine that's like these are suppositories, use until you feel you've used enough. I'm gonna be like, cool. Zero was the correct number. Let me done read this real and fast. Done. And back to you, pharmacist. Cool. I am done with these. Thank you. <laughs> they, uh, Leela and Lars' eyes meet, and uh, Lars uh, uh, hurries away. Uh, Leela is sad, quite obviously, and but uh, when Fry tries to comfort her, she says that Lars is the only man she'll ever love. She knows it in her heart. And so Fry is like, okay, because uh, they're sort of reminiscing about like, you remember when we met? It was eight years ago today, right there at the cryogenics lab. And Fry's like, okay, meet me there in five minutes. It, it's really important. Then we get a cut back to 2012 where Fry realizes that Lilu is sad because she misses that male narwhal mm-hmm. that's been kind of following them. Fry decides to set Lilu free, noting that she needs what will make her happy, not what will make me happy. Right. And then so he the opens... The right decision. It's absolutely the right decision. And I do, I do like that 
we get to see Fry come to that conclusion because, you know, there's there's sort of that thread all through the original uh, run where it's like, oh, I need I absolutely need to figure out a way to get to make Leela love me. Right. And, you know, it's taken him way too long, but it is nice to see him come to that conclusion that right. like other people's feelings matter. Yeah, it's it's a huge amount of absolutely flipping do. Absolutely. It's a huge amount of character growth. So he he sets her free and she's happy. And then it cuts back to 3008. Um or 3007. It's I don't know if this is still New Year's Eve or New Year's Day. It's true. Yeah, we haven't we didn't see the Happy New Year, so we can probably assume it's 3007 still. He brings Lars and Leela into the cryogenics room. And he's trying to get them back together. And then Lars says, no, look, this just can't happen. It's time I tell you the truth. And then Nudar comes in with a blaster and explains that he had a doom-proof platinum vest. And he demands the time code. Fry is very confused because he's like, well, no, Nibbler burned it off of my butt. Like, I do not have that time code anymore. Uh, instead, Nudar points his gun at Lars. Uh, Lars is telling him to pull the trigger, but Nudar takes Leela as a hostage. Leela, though, says Lars doesn't love her. He never did. So at that point, Lars is like, okay, fine, I'll give you the time code. But then he pulls out that exploding bender back Uh from Act 1, Chekhov's bender. Chekhov's bender. Uh, Chekhov's exploding bender. Mm -hmm. Well known. Uh huh. If a bender is primed to explode in the first act, it needs to explode violently in the third act. Exactly. It's very well established. Well so established. He pulls out the exploding bender, and then pulls both the bender and Nudar down to the ground. It explodes. Nudar is just gone. I I think you can see his feet in another shot. But I think oh, good. He, That's not gruesome at all. No, no, but I think they're still attached to his body. I think he's just off camera. Oh, I just assumed he got vaporized. No, there. I believe there. Like you can see him in the shot. Okay, but but yeah, the 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 focus is on Lars uh, because all three of them are now dead. There's a little tiny tear on Fry. Uh, Fry. Ooh. I mean, yes. There's a little tiny tear on Lars's pants, mm-hmm. right on his butt where there is a very familiar Bender tattoo. Dun, dun, dun! It's like M. Night Shyamalan wrote this. I have not seen anybody take off any sunglasses and say, (laughs) I'm beautiful now. That's what I'm assuming happened and she's all that. I'm beautiful now. Oh my God, Ben, you're so beautiful. And now I'm ugly again. I mean, I wouldn't say ugly. I'd say my friend Ben. But I didn't know there was so much beauty behind those <laughs> shades. Anyways, uh, <laughs> it cuts back to it cuts back to 2012. Fry is returning to New York. We kind of get that same scene again that we saw before, where uh, Fry is getting off of this boat. Bender follows him to Panucci's Pizza, blows up the apartment above Panucci's Pizza, and then instead of dying, uh. All of he- Fry's hair gets burnt off, and the smoke kind of uh, messes up his larynx. Like, he's even like, ah, my larynx. Yeah, it's very funny. And then uh, he looks in the mirror to realize that he 
because of this explosion was actually Lars the whole time. Right. And he, he finds out that he was Lars the whole time. The whole time. And then he runs out the back of the apartment before it explodes, yelling that he'll be there for Leela soon. And then he gets in the tube with Michelle, taking off a chunk of her hair in the process. That's a very good little little physical bit. And then at it, it cuts back to 3008, mm-hmm. and they are at... Uh, orbiting meadows cemetery and lars has this whole like video will that's explaining basically uh you know he was fry and uh he was all set to marry leela until he heard the professor say that all of the duplicates are inherently doomed and he just couldn't put leela through that so he he called off the wedding uh it's a wacky willy video will which is the fastest tonal whiplash I remember. It is so rough to go from video will of somebody that just died that you care very deeply about to it's a silly willy video will. It's like, no. Would not recommend. Two stars out of five. One, two stars because it was actually a pretty decent will. Yeah. The, no, minus three for the ending. The quality was good, you know, that they played it at the right funeral. Exactly. See, Sometimes these are important that's the things. least you can ask for. Absolutely. These are important things. However, that end advertisement is atrocious. Um, so, yeah, they're having this funeral for Lars. And Fry said, and it's a very, it's a very touching exchange yeah. because Fry is like, he was a good man, Leela. And then she says, yeah, you were. And, and it's. it's yeah. Like there's something about just Real the good. way that she delivers that where I'm just like right in the feels. Yeah, the room gets a little dustier. And uh then Nibbler points out there's still one problem. Well, then Bubblegum Tate and the professor and Nibbler all kind of come to the same conclusion at the same time. But Nibbler is the one who announces it. Somebody needs to go and take the time code back and put it on Fry's butt so that Everything makes sense. Kind of. I mean, kind of. <laughs> as much sense as it can. Uh, so Bender then pulls p- pulls the skin off of him, basically. And very gross. To think about what he puts the skin. Uh, it's a lot going on here. Uh, he does the trip from the end of the movie to the middle of the movie. It's weird because he's like, I'm from the end. and uh-huh. um, And this ends up making some kind of sense. I mean, it evens everything out. Like, you can follow every bit. Mm-hmm. It's just a little confusing. Con- convoluted. It's convoluted, yeah. yeah. Now, here's the part where it no longer makes sense. So, back at Planet Express, they are, you know, all coming down from the, the funeral. And then Bender comes out. And he's like, oh, hey, yeah, I also invited up all these cool guys down in the cave. And out marches hundreds of benders he even says uh i convinced them to wait instead of coming up when they were logically supposed to and so at that point they are all standing there nibbler starts freaking out and then yells everyone out of the universe now and flashes out of the universe it's like he he basically eats himself out of existence it's very weird it's very weird um, and then all the duplicate benders start blowing up. Um, and then before the universe develops a big tear in the sky and Bender says, well, we're boned. 
And that's where the movie ends. And that means that it is time for... Grades! This is, again, uh, this is the conclusion of the four-part or movie or what have mm-hmm. you. So it's uh, being able to bring everything together, answer the, the mysteries of Lars and all the other stuff. I, I think it is solid there. Um, okay. I, I think it does a pretty good job of layering funny bits and fan servicey bits like the, the Futurama sa- song and things like that. Um, and it brings it to a pretty satisfying conclusion um, and also sets up the next movie. Um, so I think as a episode, I think it's pretty good. Okay. Um, I mean, it's not great. I mean, I don't think it, it's kind of built off of the ones that came before, but I think it's probably like a B minus. Okay. Um, and, uh, as a movie itself, uh, I don't know if we want to wait for that for after um, that. Yeah, or? I'll do, I'll do my episode first. Cool. Um, so as an episode, uh, it, it does very much suffer from the fact that not quite all, but almost all of the conflict is already set up in previous episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, you get that in, in second part of cliffhangers all the time, you know, yeah. it's not that weird, but it's just kind of like, okay, cool. Well, we are kicked out of the planet. And then also we make this whole fighting force. And then also all this weird time travel stuff just gets concluded all at once. Mm -hmm. And I think the biggest flaw is that you are cutting up a movie as convoluted as this is. Yes. Because I think as a part four, it would have been a lot more palatable if it wasn't so much time travel. Because the cle- even sort of the clever bits like Bender going back in time at the end uh, kind of lose something when it's like, oh, well, who knows when you saw episode two or whatever. Right. I agree. Um, so as an episode by itself, you know, it's got some it's got a, some pretty funny stuff, uh, but it's it's a little hard to follow um i'm just gonna give it a c okay fair enough um but now because we finished the movie uh we finished the first futurama movie so let's talk about how we liked this movie as a whole okay um you know i think uh, on rewatch it is a little bit more palatable than i remember it being the first time i think it was just you know you have such an i mean a very unlikable antagonist Yes, absolutely. So it, it like you, I I prefer prote- uh, antagonists that are not just like super evil and laughing about it, but like have realistic you know things that they want to do, like but but are misguided in some way. Um, but that being said, I think uh, even though we've kind of watched it cut up like we we did, mm-hmm. I th- I think it it got better to me. That I don't I still don't think it's a great movie, and I I don't think it's a you know. A, a great even a great um futurama tale i don't think okay but it's enjoyable to watch i think i think i would probably give it i, I mean it, you're right it is super convoluted and it and it stands up better to all watching at once instead of cut up mm-hmm. between four which uh maybe the other movies are a little bit hardier against um but i think i'll probably have to give it like a c plus okay um so yeah i would agree with you that i think it it does Having having some distance from when it first 
released. Um, I do think that it is better now. Um, you know, you do get a couple of super, super dated jokes. Um, it, it, back in the first part, it it is like, oh, yeah, cool. We're back. Ha, ha, ha. Like, that, check that out. Right. Um, which gets a little bit tiring when it's like, well, I just I just finished season four like yesterday. So, right. you know, calm down. But I think a lot of the writing in this is actually pretty clever. The time travel aspect is kind of convoluted, but it's nothing so difficult that you can't follow it. Sure. Like, yeah, it might take a couple of watches or it might take some some time sitting down and like doing the homework to figure that out. Sure. But it's not that confusing. Um, and... You know, I I think overall it was it was pretty enjoyable. I think a lot of my negative feelings towards it were just that it came back and it wasn't quite what I wanted it to be. Sure. I mean, you have to remember that we are just coming off of season four, which is so good. Right. Um. You know that last episode in season four was just phenomenal. One of the best episodes. Right. So. It's a tough act to follow yourself sometimes after two years of being away, changing formats of how you're even presenting this. They had a bit of an uphill battle, and I don't think that did it any favors at the time. With that separation, I think it's actually pretty good. I'm going to give it a B plus. All right. Excellent. So we have done one movie. We've done one movie, and we are... Next week, moving on to The Beast with a Billion Backs. I don't remember liking that very much. We, we will get into it. I'm sure we will. But in the meantime, we want to know what you all have to think about Bender's Big Score. Was it worthwhile chopping it up into multiple episodes? Um, is it really only good as a whole piece? Uh, is the time travel good? Is it too confusing? What do you think about Al Gore showing up repeatedly all throughout it? And what do you think about shark jumping and postcards to those sharks? And the right to party. And the and the party amendments that we need to ratify in this country. Please also tweet at us all of the She's All That references for Mike's sake. <laughs> or or other amazing M. Night movies that I didn't even know existed. That as M. Night movies. You can do all of that multiple ways. You can email us at backtothefuturamapodcast at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at backtofuturama. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash backtofuturama. We are on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, so find us there, rate us, review us, subscribe, and send to your friends so we can all jump the shark together. And of course, don't forget, we are also on Patreon now. That's patreon.com slash backtofuturama. Uh, if you feel like, fi- if if your mind was equally as blown at the, the M. Night Shyamalan reveal, <laughs> then you are our people, cons- and we love you. Consider supporting more of this great content. And hey, because we recorded a little bit early, and we didn't get to record this in time, I did also want to point out, we got a brand new patron this week. So thank you to Laura Sanner. I hope I said that right. Maybe Saner. But we wanted to thank you for becoming a patron and supporting this fine podcast. I'm really sorry that the Grand Midwife didn't win our March Ocean Madness. Uh, but, you know, there's always next year, Laura. So 
thanks again for listening. And uh, we hope that you will still be listening when we get around to that next year. All her jobs are grand. And I think that will do it for us this week. Uh, we're off to go watch She's All That, maybe. I don't even know. Who knows? Um, until next week, when we start into a, The Beast with a Billion Backs, I'm Ben. And I'm Mike. Goodbye from the world of tomorrow. tomorrow.